0: this episode of the Evolving Media podcast, a podcast where we look at how the world of media is changing, and how we as creators, storytellers, and producers can adapt in order to thrive, to connect with audiences, to get our stories out there to be heard. In this episode, I'm joined by Bernie Sue. Bernie's been doing projects on emerging platforms for years and years, among them Lizzie Bennet Diaries and Emma Approved, who both won Emmys. Last year his latest project Artificial, where he is the co-creator and director, premiered. It's the first drama series to be produced for the live streaming platform Twitch, a platform with close to 20 million daily active users. In today's episode we're going to talk about how the experiences on Twitch differ from other platforms, how they approach storytelling on this kind of media, what the future might hold and how we best can start dipping our own toes into the waters of real-time audience interaction. Welcome. Bernie, thank you so much for joining me for this podcast. Uh, let me just start by asking, how uh, how is your day today? What's what, what's going to be happening in your day?
1: <laughs> well, today um, I am in uh, the Silicon Valley, uh, so the Cupertino area where all of our iPhones are from. Mm-hmm. And um, I'm just up here before uh, Sundance, which is starting at the end of the week. Uh, so I traveled up here from Los Angeles, which is where I'm based, uh, for a couple of days of meetings before I head to Sundance. So today is a lot of of meetings, I'll say, up here in the Bay Area, uh, and tomorrow, and then uh, I'll be going off to nice, warm Park City, Utah where Wonderful. there will be no snow. I'm, I'm, I'm lying. There's going to be tons of snow. Uh, but I'm excited because I do enjoy uh, winter sports. So um, it's my one time a year. I can go, hey, <laughs> let's go on the mountain. Be fine. Is, is there anything in particular
0: looking for, you're looking forward to with regards to Sundance?
1: Um, yeah, a couple of things. I mean, the main thing is that uh, the star of my show, Artificial Next, uh, Tiffany Chu, she was the lead character in a movie that's in competition there. And mm-hmm. so I'm going to support her. That's uh, kind of like one of the main reasons why I'm going to be there as my excuse, to, like to go to Sundance, and uh, so to see her do it in her first film, by the way, her first feature film, her oh, first starring role, yeah. is astounding. It's astounding. I mean, I like obviously I'm biased that think she's very talented because she start yeah. on my show. To be to be there for her uh, is going to be amazing, and uh, I'm pretty. Like I speak at Sundance uh, regularly. Like I spoke last year uh, on a panel with uh, Steven Soderbergh about um, uh, the future of television. So mm-hmm. like I'm part of that community. So I- I'm happy to be there and happy to just you know, support um, my friends and colleagues. So that was actually
0: the reason. One of the reasons I'm we're having this chat because I mean I've been following your work for some some time now, but I stumbled upon your your latest uh, venture, the one that uh, Tiffany is starring in, Artificial Next, and I. Thought- it was extremely interesting since I've been uh, following, I've been telling people that they should follow Twitch streamers to see how audience interaction today is handled in a very natural and live way. But, but could you just explain what Artificial Next is for those who haven't encountered it?
1: Yeah, sure. So Artificial Next is the name of the channel <clears throat> for the show um, Artificial, which is uh, the first original scripted live series on twitch so to be fair you know twitch has shown a lot of scripted series they replay doctor who pokemon and so forth and they have original shows which are the live streams or game shows or anything like that, but they haven't done an original scripted live show yet mm-hmm. um, that's kind of native, that's debuted on Twitch. And so this was the first one. Um, it's, a, it's a story about an uh, artificial intelligence being played by Tiffany, who is learning how to become human by basically Turing testing through the Twitch audience. So the audience is natively built into the narrative. The show is presented live. Uh, now, not all of it is live, but because we do kind of jump around the timeline of Mm -hmm. like the past and the present. And uh, it's interactive. So the audience can, if they choose to, interact with the characters, not just mm-hmm. Tiffany's character, but the other characters, the creator, her friends, um, and and help uh, sway the show, change plot lines, make decisions. As Jeff Gomez, your former guest would say, previous guest would say, the collective experience. Um, mm. I'm going to give him full credit for that. Cause <laughs> <laughs> uh, so, and so that's what the, the, the show is. And the show uh, also, be, uh, Though it's live, it's not just live. It uses a lot of Twitch-native technology uh, extensions and so forth to present the experience. So it uses the – obviously, it uses the chat system for interactivity. But it uses a poll system, which is an extension, a custom extension that we built. It uses the bit system, which is the the, 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 the monetization system on Twitch, the kind of tipping system it has. Mm -hmm. And it uses the subscriber system to um, also have – areas of interactivity within the narrative. So I like to say that this show could not have been done the same way on any other platform because the other platforms don't have the Twitch technologies. And
0: uh, just to roll back a little bit, uh, if someone doesn't know what Twitch is, then Twitch is a streaming platform with, as you were talking about just now with a very unique feel to it and a unique output and a unique clientele as well in a sense and it's predominantly yes, been used it's predominantly be used by gamers and and things like this but uh, of course we've also had you know the Bob Ross marathon and stuff like that but with artificial Next being the first uh, drama on, on the twitch platform what actually what made you start looking? At which, as a platform to tell a story.
1: Well, I, I in my kind of work, I, I like looking at emerging platforms. Like when I I, had, I did Lizzie Bennet Diaries, you know, six years ago, which yeah. was kind of my, my most famous work, probably most well-known piece of work. And back then, YouTube was really seen as an emerging platform. And uh, I don't think YouTube isn't an emerging platform. It's a kind of a, a platform <laughs> that everybody knows about. And so looking at twitch like i had seen this rise you got bought by amazon a couple of years ago and it, it started create creating like you said these these kind of cultural moments the the bob ross marathon the uh drake ninja stream uh yeah. type of things that came up and i saw these 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 kind of very eccentric experiences on twitch that were unique to twitch like twitch plays pokemon where the audience actually controlled oh, yes. the stream by by <laughs> doing so these things were like very just like cute in a very fun, uh, you know, ways that tickled my, my, my creative bone. And so I, I set it upon myself to figure out a way to, to work within the ecosystem of Twitch and to present a Twitch native story. And so much like a, a Lizzie Bannon Diaries before it, when Lizzie Bannon Diaries debuted on YouTube, you know, it, it, it might've, opened as the biggest hit, but it opened as this very unique experience where even the YouTubers around uh, that I've met who knew about the show were like, there's nothing like it. I mean, they Mm -hmm. they didn't say this is going to be the first Emmy winner, which it was, or anything, things that it has now as a legacy. But they all said, like, there's nothing like it. And it feels like a show that could only be on YouTube. Which you know, I'd, I'd say at the time it, it was the only way it, it was, and so mm-hmm. this show like that in uh, is in its own way it could only be on Twitch. It feels like a unique Twitch experience, but it's unique in the sense that people who are, who are active Twitch users come onto the show and they're still a little confused because it looks like a show, because we produce it like a show. It's like, it's lit like a show. It's it's a well-produced uh, video narrative like any other TV show, right? But yeah. it has these live elements where the, the character suddenly looks on the screen and like calls out names on the stream. And the people in the stream are like, "What? Wait, what? <laughs> it's like, this, this isn't this isn't a Doctor Who marathon or anything like that." Or so that's that's kind of that's the idea. Like, I I I just me as a creator, just to, not to tell my whole creative story. It, I just love working with new technologies, new platforms that can have a mass audience. So you said that the uh, Twitch the Twitch audience uh,
0: was bemused and shocked by the, the production value. And the connection that made it into a Twitch, uh, drama, so to speak. Then wh- what, were the reactions in the long run? How did people, how did the, because from what I've known of the Twitch audience, they can be quite fickle and, and quite, uh, they're not afraid to speak their mind, so to say, uh, in the least. So, so how, how was it approached? How was it? What was the reactions to it?
1: Well, so, uh, I mean, there was other things we, 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 uh, we, we weren't surprised about so sure that you you're correct the twitch audience is is very Opinionated, we'll say. But the, 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 uh, there's the ones that, of course, the, there's lewd comments that you see, um, whether they be sexist or whatever. I mean, we get those. We, we take care of those through moderation comments and so forth. So there's that. The ones that I found really funny and really kind of like commentary of our creative culture is that people will watch it and they'll, and they'll yell out that's fake. Okay. So it's, it's like, it's fake. This is, she's not a real robot or whatever it yeah. is, right? Well, it's like, it's a show. And I go, the, the stream title literally says sci-fi series, like (laughs) it says sci-fi series in the title. And the first description is the you know, story about a blah, 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 who played by this, you know, played by this person. So they're like yelling it's fake. So the equivalent analogy that I thought of was that if you went to a movie theater, we watching Avengers and then saw a superpower and started yelling at the screen in the middle of the theater saying it's fake. And I'm like, like, huh, <laughs> like, like that's <laughs> that's not how that works. Like, that's not how we do it. And um, I mean, I don't blame them. They, they, they feel like they're, they, they've debunked something, like that we were trying to be a hoax. And we're not trying to be a hoax. We're, we're being very authentic to uh, that we're a show and uh, that we're just presenting a, a magic trick, we'll say. And like any magic trick, you know it's fake. You know in your heart, it's fake, right? And, uh, and and you're not yelling at the magician, it's fake. You're just kind of like, you know, amazed or not. Uh, you're watching the show happen. But I, I, I think that we, what we do is is when a comment or something, which there are many, uh, try to break our story, we just have to ignore them. It's the same mm-hmm. thing with Elizabeth Bennett Diaries, by the way. Like the same type of thing we did with that social media, transmedia experience, is that if something came in that broke the story, we would have to ignore it. Like you like to say, You can't tell Luke Skywalker who his father is in the first five minutes of Star Wars if you made that interactive, um, because that would break the story. (laughs) Like, you you know, you could... Yeah. And if you would... if. Yeah, if you right. would allow it
0: someone would tell it in the first 5 minutes of course. I mean that's that's humanity.
1: <laughs> yeah, exactly. So so uh that that we 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 are we are like like to say in my my team my edicts to my team is I say our story comes first, but we try to we be we are interactive as much as we can. And when it, any any opportunity we can build the audience into the show, we'll probably do it. What were your
0: expectations? What what opportunities did you feel that Twitch would give you in comparison
1: to other platforms, and did it come up to your expect- expectations for it? Oh, that's that's tricky because when you're doing something that's never really been done before, you really don't have any expectations because like there's no data. It's like mm-hmm. you know our, our first stream. I think uh, we didn't have any promotion to it as far as like leading up. We launched. Uh, Twitch promoted it a uh, day of, and um, I think we had. I want. I want to say a around eight to 10,000 concurrent streams and 200,000, a well, little less than 200,000 total views on the stream. Hmm. And I go, is that good? <laughs> like, like, uh, yeah, I don't know if that's. I, I mean, it sounds good, but I don't know if that's good because I've nothing to compare it to, right? Like, I can't say, oh, it's 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 one tenth of what Ninja gets on his stream. It's like, but can we comp- can we really compare ourselves to Ninja, the greatest, the top streamer in the world? Like, is that fair to Ninja or is it fair to us? Uh, to say that we're we're apples and apples. So t- Twitch has said that that uh they were very happy because their non gaming content doesn't do as well as as our numbers do. So they're very happy with those numbers. So I, I don't have any expectations there. In in the narrative side, in the storytelling side, I guess the expectation was, like, for the audience, is, like, how much they would jump in right away. And I think they surprised me about how much they wanted to. So mm-hmm. I think it, what it did, it, 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 it pushed us more. So our first episode very much sets up the world, but it's really not that interactive. Like, there's a couple areas of people have, uh, asking questions, and we do a poll at the end. But it, it kind of takes a while to get, get us there. It's not until, like episode two through five where we start really pushing of like okay let's do let's do more let's start, let's acknowledge the audience more audience more let's add more features let's do these things and that's been really fun to see the audience kind of push and push and push um and that's i think natural when you're when you're building an audience when you get those diehards um those 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 great fans that are super supportive who really believe in the narrative you're saying or you're, you're, you're telling yeah it's just it's tricky because uh you don't you, because you haven't done it before you have no data. You have nothing to compare it to. So yeah, I mean, I, I'm generally the numbers. Yeah, pretty happy. The numbers sound great to me, and um, we achieved. Let's uh, see, kind of these goals that we decided to hit. It's like you know what? Let's try to get two million total views over this over the season. Let's try to do you know average. You know, somewhere to keep that number you know, uh, consistent. Be eight to ten concurrent, hit the ten k concurrent through the season. So we did pretty good on that, on those numbers. Um, we did hit two and two million for sure. And then, of course, comments. You know, the, the, uh, during during the streams, our comments are crazy, just insane. So if you wanted to see something nuts, I mean, typically if you say I want to watch the show now, as to your listeners, you may go to YouTube and watch the the the, v, the VOD file, the the replay, or even the uh-huh. VOD on Twitch. But I would recommend going to watch the broadcast replays because that you then you have the chat going along with it and and those are hilarious (laughs) like those you see the 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 freneticness of a poll comes up and everybody starts spamming the chat vote this (laughs) vote that you guys are tools whatever like just people are yelling stuff all the time um we hate this we love this blah, blah 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 it's 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 a fun it's a fun ride (laughs) As you were talking
0: about how people were interacting on the on the Twitch streams, etc. I mean, is this the future? Because um, you've been doing these experimental stuff, you know, on new platforms. So looking back and looking forward. With what I feel is an important part, as people have been saying, that it's no longer like a one one way broadcast. It's a, it's a conversation between the producer and uh, and the production and and the audience. So, in your from your point of view, how has audience interacting changed
1: over the past years, and how do you feel it will be changing? I'm very much in the the Jeff Gomez camp of collective narrative. <laughs> like, uh, I'm like right there with him. So, uh, uh, I I. You know when he talks about it, I've, I've seen him talk about it. I've read all you know, this stuff and I I believe it pretty much fully. I can't I don't want to say hundred percent because I will have to go through and you know nitpick if I, if I believe that one and the other one. But like largely I believe it like the way the way he's presenting it. And so my work right now focuses on on that kind of area and i'll be very specific about this because there are a lot of things when people say oh you're doing interactive storytelling are you bandersnatch on netflix are you choose your adventure and i go defiantly no we are not that Bandersnatch is a singular experience i mean yes you could watch it with 20 people and then together and and have a group experience with it that way sure we can compare notes and and discuss it and hopefully have good experiences i'm not saying it's good or bad um i'm just saying it's, it's a singular experience it's not a collective experience as mr gomez would say what i do now and what i did before was Be collective, which is is to bring the entire audience into it if they choose to. And you as an audience, we all have the same experience, pretty largely. We see the same experience. But if you choose to interact, you can. If you don't want to interact, you don't have to. And you should still have a good experience, a good story being told. So... If we're both watching the live stream artificial and we're watching the same show, and hopefully we like the show. I'm not saying you guaranteed to like the show. It's your own taste. Mm-hmm. You can interact and you can vote and ask Sophie questions and she may respond to you. And I can just sit there and just watch the show and I can still enjoy the show and you'll enjoy the show. And sure, I can say, oh, look, Simon's being called out. Uh, to ask questions. So you're in the experience, I'm watching the experience, and we're both having part of the same story. So looking at it from largely, again, from the collective narrative kind of ethos is that I think we grew up in an era where we watched Luke Skywalker blow up the Death Star. And I believe now, like, defiantly with my work, that I want to create a story where we help Luke Skywalker blow up the Death Star, if you choose to want to help.
0: That makes total sense. And I (laughs) I think that that sums up what the collective collective narrative, the collective journey is all about. It's us being a part of the narrative and and I think it gives so much more just being a part of a Twitch chat together with a lot of other people, especially, you know, when you just uh, follow along some gamers uh, uh, stream uh, and see how basically it's a collective cheering him on and uh, being and experiencing what he's experiencing in the game uh, at the same time and together. So I feel that one if you can experience that and still have the full production value of a, of a you know a, a blockbuster movie production or whatever you want to call it, uh, then why would you not? Why would you choose something where you are where you don't get that feeling?
1: I think it has a st- strong strong pull to it. I, I mean, I'm biasedly, I'm very biasedly agree with that. <laughs> so like that's just like my entire <laughs> you know life work at the moment is that, and I've met. You know, fans of the show. Uh, we were at TwitchCon last year, and and there were fans of the show who were watching every episode. I know, I know their fan name. They were in the chat. They were they asked a lot of questions. Mm-hmm. They were subscribers and shook their hand, gave them a hug, blah, blah blah. And you know, obviously very valuable to us as far as storytellers because they're very much within. They're with us. You know, they're helping to tell our story. So I'm with you. And then I met people who. I didn't know her fans at all who it's like, who went like, yeah, I watched the entire show, but I never watched <laughs> an episode live. I only ah. watched it on replay because, you know, I wasn't available at the time, but I love it. And like, and they're like, really? <laughs> like, really? And so like, even without the live experience, you're enjoying it. And, and they went, yeah. So they had to break down certain moments. And like, yeah, so, so when this happened, like, what'd you guys do there? Like, what was that like in the back? And like, Oh wow. Okay. <laughs> like, like, wow. Let me, uh, you remember that. So I look at it as, you know, it's it's as if if you're even like, like say, you know, this is a podcast. So you, you can record a live podcast and you can open up that live element to the audience and, you know, record it live with a stream and like on, on Twitch, which people do, and, and have this audience be part of the podcast. But you can also just listen to the podcast, you know on your drive to work at a normal time (laughs) where normally people listen to the podcast Mm. and you still have a good experience. You just didn't get a chance to interact and play with it. You just got to see it later. So um, I like to think that our generation, um, we grew up with this kind of lean back experience where we didn't really have the ability to lean in to interact yeah. we, had to, we had to read a book we had to watch a movie we had to you know that that type of thing and and now with the iphone generation the connected generation whatever you know adjective you want to add up in front of it we're basically everyone who, who's an adult uh, over the age of 20, doesn't know a world without an iPhone, will want to touch their stories or at least touch them, interact with them in some way. And we know this with the, with like seeing experiences with toddlers, toddlers walking up to big screen TVs and swiping on them, thinking they're big touch screens. My, my favorite antidote, uh, I don't have any children, but like uh, I was talking to some young mothers and I asked them, it's like, hey, so when you read a book to your child, do they ever pinch the pages of the book to make the pictures bigger? And they go mm-hmm. like, yeah. They do, and it's like <laughs> I like, yeah. This is what yeah. we're this is what we're, we're programming to. The future storytellers are programming to that generation, and so what is that generation when they get up to you know uh, prime demographic age or whatever you want to call it? Uh, what are they going to expect from the narratives? Are they are they going to be totally satisfied by just sitting back and watching a movie? I mean, I'm not saying movies are going away. It's just like you know, books didn't go away, and newspapers didn't go away, and radio didn't go away. It just evolves. One final
0: question, Bernie. Since this podcast is geared towards you know producers, creators, people who are active in the field of making media content, and most of them don't have the head start that you're having when it comes to working with new technologies, engaging audiences, etc. If you could give some advice to people starting out trying to get the grips with engaging with audiences, what would you say are the best places to start?
1: And, and how do you start? Well, I mean, I, this is going to be just because this is how I do it is i just start tinkering in in new platforms so in preparing to do artificial as an example i what i started streaming myself playing a video game that was playing just to mm-hmm. see what it was like. And like, yeah, I would get like three watchers and like one of them would be my sister or something like that. But like, it was just the feel of it. It's just kind of the understanding of, of the workflow of that. And it's a little different than, you know, I mean, I mean I've mean, i been writing screenplays and I've been directing web series for, you know, like a decade almost you now. So I'm very familiar with that. And so live streaming was is still kind of this foreign beast to me. I mean, I'm, I'm far more familiar with it now, obviously, by doing you know, a massive show like Artificial was. So if you're looking at new platforms, you looking at new areas, I think you have to just, you have to to start tinkering and it's okay to practice with small things. And like, I, I don't like the idea of, People just kind of opening up in in a piece of indie work with no practice. It's kind of like Mm -hmm. you're playing the game, a big game in sports without practicing. I I don't, I don't like that, and I know people do it. And you know, if they do it, they do it. It's a a free society; they can (laughs) they can do whatever they want, and and that's fine. But I I like to look at it as like you got to you know tinker and think about things, and you think about like how to. Play with platforms. You see what's working, and you see what's working in the narrative storytelling. Just because you know they're doing someone's doing a cooking show online or or watch, playing a video game online, doesn't mean they're not storytelling. They're they're still storytelling, and mm-hmm. they're telling stories. So, what about their methods or their uh, the how they design their format? Do you like and you think you can it can work for you? So that's how one thing I, I would I would look at, and the second thing I would look at is because a lot of the kind of traditional storytellers are are trained. This very passive experience. You know, they, they they learn they learn how to write a short story. They learn how to write a screenplay, and they learn how to direct a movie. Okay, these are not interactive experiences, right? They're they're, direct, they're, they're creating very very passive linear experiences for the story uh, consumer. Yeah, and. What I'll say is that is that you got to you got to kind of take yourself out of that mold mold a bit, and you got to look at it more like a conversation. So you and I have a conversation, and we are pivoting the conversation based on the reactions of each other. If you say yeah, like you just did, or you nod, or the silence, or this, oh, it gets awkward, then I don't know, one, one of us will pivot or adjust, and then we'll adjust again. Yeah, we're still telling a story and literally this podcast, <laughs> so like we're still telling the story, but it is interactive for you and I, right? Like it's not like my story or just your story. You're trying to tell a story and I'm telling a story. And ideally we're trying to tell a very similar story here. So we have a good <laughs> conversation. Yeah. So I think that's one way to, to kind of alter your mindset. It's very macro in the sense of, from a storyteller perspective. And then the last thing I'll say, just to, I know I'm a little long winded here is this one. I tell everybody. Okay. So, It took me a while to figure this one out. People ask me because, again, trained screenwriter, directing, filmmaking, et cetera, et cetera. And they go, like, what changed? Like, how did you change? What's the difference between your mindset and the others? And I go, as a storyteller, I think it's actually one simple thing. It's that traditional storytellers tell the narrative from the idea of the storyteller. They're like, it's my story. It's my movie. It's my screenplay. It's my art. Yeah. You know, uh, screw you if you don't like it, or whatever. That's that's the kind of the auteur thinking, and you know that's fine. I'm not I'm not knocking it. I'm not knocking it. I, there are, there are some great auteurs there, and they do some amazing work. So like I, I'm not saying that's a, that's a bad way of thinking. It's just not the way I think. I am more of a storyteller that looks at it from the story consumer's perspective through the user experience perspective, and so. I am thinking of it the point of view from the listener, the watcher, the the, the reader, and what are they consuming, and how are they, how is it good for them? Is it work? Is it a good user experience for them? Is it a good story experience for them? If not, then then I think my story doesn't matter. If it's a bad mm. story experience, they're not going to be able to consume it. I mean, I'm sure you've seen tons of these experimental interactive experiences that sound like really good ideas, right? Yeah. And, you, and you experience them, and you're like, this is weird. This is <laughs> strange. What this am I doing? <laughs> is, yeah. What am I doing? I, I don't understand. Like, I want to interact. But I'm not sure how. You yeah. Know, yeah, like, yeah. It's, it's bad UI, right? And and I'm not saying my work is great UI. I'm not. Saying Saying that at all. I'm saying my work is trying to be great UI, and whether to achieve that or not is up to you to to to, to say. Like there are a lot of things about Lizzie Bennett diaries that had great use experiences and a lot of things that didn't quite work as well. And same with Emma approved and same with artificial. Mm-hmm. Like there are things where where um uh, I say for, for Artificial, I go like, like okay, if we're bringing this thing back, it's got to be a way better experience. We just can't, we're just not going to continue the story and have the exact same mechanisms again. This is, that is not how this story could come, should come back. This should come back with a whole new system, like a better pull, a better like live ecosystem. Everything should be better. So I like to, I like to yell, yell, like <laughs> speak to my, to my team and say this should be a version 2.0. This shouldn't be a season 2. It should continue the story, sure, but it should be a version 2. It should have better better interactive experiences than what we already did last year.
0: But if you compare it to, say, the user-centered design principles, the user experience principles of, for instance, making an app or a website, uh, when you're talking about storytelling and you're talking about content, media content, which a drama, for instance, such as Artificial Next, then you're looking at a, a totally different level, right? It's because the variables are so... So different. And also, people are used to apps and websites being in one way, but they are used to drama being in quite another way. And when you start mixing with that, you get there are a lot of other obstacles you're up against, right?
1: Of course, of course. This is like, I mean, it's a basic thing with like people talk about online video, right? Web series, which is something, yeah. you know, I'm very familiar with. And people go, Oh, is it just like a movie? It's like, no, it's not. In a movie, you, you're not, you're not worried about. Uh, an audience getting a notification <laughs> like on their on their screen literally on the mm-hmm. screen you're watching your screen on to take you away or five different windows open or text messages or whatever and when you you're doing a movie you're pretty confident that you know they can they're going to send their ass in that theater and and sit through two minutes of credits in the beginning of the movie i mean can yeah. you imagine that online on video <laughs> not, <laughs> like, not, not likely no no, not likely. But in the movie theater, we're just like, yeah, we accept that because, you know, we're committed. <laughs> we've bought the ticket, popcorn's in our hand, we've sat down, the theater's dark, and, you know, you're going to roll two minutes of credits. I may not be that happy about the two minutes of credits, but this movie better be damn good. And and, and uh, we'll, 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 we'll let it rock. Uh, but in an online video, it's different. So that's part of it. So that's why, a, like, again, like, like a Lizzie Bennett Diary is an Artificial, they're designed for the online experiences, that they're designed to be – like Lizzie is, it, the episodes are so super short, right? They're really short, they're very fast. Yeah. So if I, I only need you for three minutes, you just give me three minutes. You want to watch it on your butt, your lunch break in the bathroom, whatever you want to do, just you know get it, knock it out, good to go. Artificial again, Twitch is an experience. It's it's a long experience. Live streams are long. There's, there are very few live streams that are shorter than thirty minutes. So we 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 play it that way, but we also design it to be if you're not actually watching the screen. You can still listen and you hear the conversation and still theoretically have a good experience there. So that that's that's you know that's taking away all the technology. That's taking away all the the polling system and the chat system and all that. Of course, we want you to be you know super involved in in paying attention to every detail but i can't assume that you will and i don't want to punish you for not being that and that's the thing that's the, the one of my ethos is, is like it's like all my experiences all the stories that i generally tell generally will like basically uh, my my thought my thought process is you do not have to interact with it. And you should still get a good story experiences if you're paying attention. And if you're not paying attention, then I didn't give you a good story experiences. That's on me. That's on my team, my yeah. people, and my work. And to say that you you, you because you clicked on a link to watch my show, that you owe me (laughs) to sit through, you know, the whole stream dedicated, (laughs) without interruption. That's ridiculous, like, like, as a storyteller, that
0: way, to me. Absolutely. And, you know, I could talk about this all day, I guess, but uh, I think we'll have to call it quits now for this time, for this podcast. Thank you ever so much for agreeing to participate. It's been a pleasure having you on the podcast.
1: Well, thank you, Simon. I just want to say that it's an it's an honor. I, I have I have a lot of respect for the the previous guests that you've had. Um I've learned a lot from them. <laughs> so and Excellent. and their and their past, you know, works and their teachings and their and their, you know, their lectures and their talks and so forth. So happy to have you and I hope I'll I'll have you
0: back on the podcast in the in the future. It would be I'd great. I'd love to be back. Let me know. You, <laughs> you let me know. And you Thanks, have a Simon. great have oh. a great great time at, at Sundance oh thank you i'll stay warm for you i'm sure okay. i'm sure it's, it's 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 super warm over where you are <laughs> i think it was my, minus 18 degrees celsius when i woke up this morning but it's gonna get oh, colder so <laughs> oh <my God. laughs> there we are have a good have a good time thank you very much all right thank you bye bye